Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Hallelujah. Oh, I enjoyed that so much. A merry heart does good like a medicine. In Korea, they practice simulated laughter and laughter therapy. Um, they say that to laugh for 90 seconds every day, even simulated laughter, it has been proven medically to boost your immunity, help your heart, your weight loss. I mean, it's just amazing what, they've, what they have researched. And we met a doctor in Korea who had a PhD in laughter therapy. And, uh, and he'd started his journey based on the scripture that a merry heart does good like a medicine. And he would get everyone, he'd get his cancer patients and he was employed by the hospitals um, to treat his patients with laughter therapy. And, uh, and they were studying it and measuring it and, and recognizing the, the benefits of a merry heart that did good like a medicine, hallelujah. But that was so significant. And uh, tomorrow morning, Gideon is going to be speaking for us, 10 a.m. It will be absolutely glorious. It's gonna be a spectacular day. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul will worship your holy name. Hallelujah. Well, it is an absolute delight and a treat to be uh, in the room with so many hungry people. And I'm excited to share with you um, some of the things that the Lord's put on my heart today. And my prayer is that even as you uh, hear what's being said, what's being uh, delivered and what's being presented, that you would take it and apply it in your own life. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And I'm all about application. If you can take what you're hearing and then apply it in your everyday world, what does that look like for me? What's the therefore? of righteousness. What's the therefore of salvation and my new identity in Christ, amen? But I, I wanted to start today, I received a beautiful little testimony uh, from someone this week. I don't always hear um, the testimonies that the Lord shares, I mean, that, that, of what the Lord has done. I remember going to a church in Augusta where I ministered three years earlier and as I came out from the building, this guy pulls up in his convertible and he says, oh, hey, by the way, when you were here three years ago, I got healed of liver cancer. It's awesome, I wouldn't be here otherwise, thanks, and keeps driving. I'm just like, glad I caught you. you know. But it is, it's exciting when people do write in and we hear these wonderful testimonies about what the Lord's done. I wanted to read this one to you. Uh, she has, she actually wrote to me this week, I think after Pastor Daniel had visited Courts of Praise and she was triggered. Oh, that's right, I should testify. I should tell her what, what happened. So she says, Mrs. Renala, I'm the, I'm the lady that was healed at Courts of Praise Church on August 5th, 2018. My lower back pain started in 2012 and the cause was not operable. 
I was unable to take any pain meds. The only relief was shots in my lower back, but then we found those shots were causing my bones to deteriorate. I'd reached a place where there was no help except from the Lord. I'd been prayed for, anointed, laid hands on over and over and again for those six years. When I heard you were coming to courts of praise, I had no, I had no thoughts of being healed. I'd been unable to come to church for many months. But when I woke up on that Sunday morning, before I raised my head, all I could say was, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. Over and over, I heard this in my heart and in my spirit. I called my son and asked him to take me to church. I told him that the Lord was going to heal me. He brought me to church and I sat there and waited. I knew I would be healed. When you stepped down off the podium, you said, let's see what the Lord wants to do. Then you said, there's someone with lower back pain. It's, a, it's in their spine and it's a disc problem and it's a woman. I was already on my way to the front of the church. I was going to receive my miracle. There was no question in my mind. When you touched my forehead, I touched the hem of his garment and went down. My son is Christian, but he doesn't attend a full gospel church yet. So it scared him when I went down. He was afraid for my bones. Not anymore. He saw that miracle. I can't know until heaven how many people have been touched by that miracle. The, play, the pain is completely gone. I praise God and I thank Jesus by his stripes. He took our healing. I thank him for you and your willingness to serve him. My name is Farrell Winfrey and I know you knew the miracle but wanted to share with you what happened prior to the miracle. Thank you for being obedient. You know, oh, Father, we give you glory. It's so wonderful to celebrate. You know, the big things, the little things, the wonderful things that he's done, the, the, small, the things that seem small to us. When it is the power of God, we need to give him all the worship and all the praise and all the glory. You know, when we see the mute speak, the blind see, the deaf hear, it's glorious, it's so exciting when the paralytics start walking. But when someone's been living with constant pain for six years, you know, we need to give just as much glory to God for what He's done. We need to celebrate, we need to dance, and we need to sing, and we may need to make noise about it because the world is wanting to know. I, I remember one day um, going to get my nails done, and um, the lady asked me, she said, oh, so what did you do over the weekend? I love it when they ask that question. I said, well, I saw a deaf ear open. And suddenly the whole shop was quiet and listening. And I got to testify about what the Lord, I'd seen the Lord do. And you know, that opened a door for me to be able to share the Lord. I was able to lead one of them to Christ. And you know, it's so amazing that we sometimes think that, oh, we, we'll just talk about it amongst ourselves. But the world wants to hear about the miracle power of Jesus. There is nothing impossible for him. I watch and I see and I, I get astonished at the people and the things that the Lord has done. I mean, I think of uh, Pastor James. He was, supposed to, he was supposed to be dead within 48 hours, four years ago, of stage 5B cancer with huge liver cancer, uh, um, bowel tumor, secondary tumors in the lungs, cancer in the lymph nodes, and the Holy Spirit touched him and instantly delivered him and healed him, hallelujah. I think of others that um, have had 
horrific reports and terrible things happen and the Holy Spirit come upon them and they're delivered and set free. The lymphoma cases, the leukemia cases, the over and over again, the miracle stories of what the Lord has done. And I tell you, it is just the beginning. Hallelujah. We have stepped into that overflow time of now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, hope, or imagine. You know, since the days of healing revivals in the 40s, there's been miracles. We've had words of knowledge, people have been getting healed. You can read about it. A.A. Allen, Oral Roberts, William Branham, uh, Catherine Coleman. You, could, you, you read about these revivalists, and that was awesome. But that was then. And God goes from glory to glory and strength to strength, hallelujah. There's been a supernatural acceleration of the restoration, hallelujah. And I'm telling you now, we need to lift our expectation above a few people getting healed with, a wor with words of knowledge to expecting them all to be healed. I've shared this story before, but I remember being in uh, Los Angeles and wrestling with God over my frustration of not seeing someone healed. God, why, I wanna, it's not too much to ask that they all get healed. That is not a big ask because you said the same works that you did and greater works would we do. You healed all who came to you. God, you said in the old covenant there was no sick among them. This is not a big ask, this should be normal. And I was just, mm wrestling with God. Anyone ever wrestled with God? Seriously, like we've allowed it to become this big oh, mystery that we're just gonna leave and not anticipate, expect or press in for more because we don't understand. Well, the word is really clear. This is what we can expect, hallelujah. And you know, I was, as I was wrestling with God, I, I walked out at the end of the meeting going out to the car park, had some friends with me from Atlanta. And in the dark, this guy just comes right up to me and he says, pick a number between one and 22. I looked at him, I said, hi, I'm Catherine, what's your name? He says, I'm Michael, pick a number between one and 22. I said, oh, okay, Michael, picked a number. He opened his Bible. I didn't know where he got a Bible from. He just opened this big Bible and he said, I've got a verse for you. And he healed them all. I was so shocked. I, I didn't know what to say. I turned around to try to get my friend's attention. And by the time I turned back, he was gone. And you know, the Lord got my attention that day that as I was wrestling with him, God, it's not too much to ask that they all be healed. I began to understand that that is much more the heart of God than it is even on our hearts. That the heart of the Father is for a brand new normal. That it would become normal. It would become normal. And I will not change the subject. I will not get diverted because the, one of the therefores of being as he is in the earth is that the earth would experience the fullness of his glory through signs, wonders, and miracles. Amen? Am I preaching in the right place? You're very quiet. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I do take communion every day and I have been really enjoying this. And 
But I was thinking about this today and thinking about the, the power of the blood of Jesus. You know, in Jewish tradition, Passover, at the Passover, they, they took the blood from the lamb and they put it on the doorpost, yes? And if you are Jewish, you would understand that kosher meat has all the blood completely drained out of it. The way it is prepared is that there is no blood left in the meat. All the blood is drained out. Any blood clots are carefully removed and the, the meat is washed so there's no blood left in the meat. And why would God ask them to do that? Well, in the Old Covenant, in the, under the law, blood was applied externally. The blood was applied to everything in the temple to um, purify. It was applied to every implement in the temple. It was applied throughout the temple. It was applied on the people. And it was an external application to cover them. But then in the new covenant, Jesus comes and he, he, he sits with the disciples and, and takes the bread and the wine. And he says, this is the cup of the new covenant. This is my blood. He told them, unless you drink my blood and eat my flesh, you can have no part of me. And it's like, this is in Jewish culture. They're no doubt just about to eat a kosher piece of meat and here he is about to break all of the rules. Even though it was wine, he was saying, this is my blood and I want you to ingest it internally. The blood of the new covenant, the blood of Jesus Christ isn't applied to us externally. It is something that we take internally because he doesn't just come to cover us. He comes to completely cleanse us from the inside out. Hallelujah. This is the good news of the gospel is we're no longer made acceptable for a time until we bring another sacrifice. But one sacrifice once and for all was given. Now he says, take, eat, come drink freely. I have poured it out to you. He asks us to open our hearts and receive the mercy of Christ, to be changed, transformed and washed from the inside out, amen? Our magnificent God. This whole concept of Christ living in our hearts through faith is something that I believe the Father is longing for us to grasp. I've been praying that magnificent apostolic prayer in Ephesians chapter three, verse 14 to 21 for so many years now. I love to pray the apostolic prayers I, because whatever I ask according to the will of God, I can have. Uh, it's just, ooh, that's so exciting. So anything that's prayed for the saints now applies to me. In fact, I'm a co-heir with Christ, so every promise in Scripture is a yes to God. And so I say it and decree it, personalize it as an amen. This is what's going to happen in my life. This is reality for me. And so I love to pray the apostolic prayers. So I pray this prayer. Father, I thank you, I bow my knee before our Father in heaven, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And I pray that you'd strengthen me, I personalize it, with might in my inner being, that I may truly come to know, together with all the saints. And you know, there's an aspect of the love of Christ that can only be experienced through together with all the saints, hallelujah. That together with all the saints, 
I may be able to comprehend Christ dwelling in my heart through faith, that I, being rooted and established in love, may be able to comprehend what is the height and the depth and the width and the breadth, the love of Christ that passes knowledge that I may be filled up to overflowing with all the fullness of God. Hallelujah. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. Hallelujah. All I can ask, hope, or imagine to you be glory in the church in Christ Jesus to all generations. Amen. So be it. Hallelujah. But he, he asks us to pray. He urges us to pray for supernatural revelation of Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith that Christ would dwell in our hearts, that we'd understand what it looks like to have him internally. But the scripture also says that we are in him, hallelujah. That we've been crucified with him. It's no longer we who lives, but Christ who lives in us. Now, there's no longer any condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, hallelujah. That, that we have been made part of him. He has embraced us and brought us into himself. That's a fascinating scripture when you look at it. Uh, there's another scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you look at that word through in the Greek, it's EV. It means to be positioned at rest. So you could translate it like this. I can do all things positioned at rest in Christ. By faith, remembering that he lives in me and I live in him, that we have been made one, that we, I've come into union with God, hallelujah. That everything I do, I don't do on my own, but I do connected in him, he in me, and I in him, hallelujah. And he, the prayer that Paul was praying for us was that we would have continuous supernatural revelation of what it looks like to live in him, hallelujah. That same Greek word is, is what you find in Romans 8 where it says, now therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That word in is the same as the word through in the other verse, EV, positioned at rest. I can do all things positioned at rest, hallelujah. Therefore there is now no condemnation because I'm positioned at rest in Christ. In other words, I have put my faith in the reality that I am seated with him in heavenly places. That it's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. That I, I, can, I don't have to be afraid about trying to get in or trying to measure up, praise the Lord. But by faith, I remember I am positioned at rest in him. No, the, the scripture tells us that, that we aren't at a distance, but that we are in him, seated at the right hand of the Father. We're not separated. We're not trying to get enough brownie points to come close. We are already as close as it gets, seated in the most favored place in heaven. And the, the Father is longing for us to actually begin to wake up 
and take what we know cerebrally and allow it to hit our hearts and cause an activation that would make us begin to walk in the faith of knowing that thank God I can now do all things because I am positioned at rest in Him. This is great theory, but what does it actually mean? I remember once I was praying for, um, I was doing my thing, pray for the sick, and you know, words of knowledge, call the sick out, lay hands on the sick, sick get healed. So the first one called this person out, had a word of knowledge, come out, they, they come out, and I'm praying my best prayers. All the scriptures, all the things, and nothing's happening. Normally when I pray for the sick, I feel a release. I feel like, you know when Jesus said he felt virtue go out of him when the woman touched the hem of his garment? I normally feel a sense of that release where I feel the virtue released and I was like, yes, done. I feel good about that, hallelujah. Yeah. And it's just not happening this time. I'm, I'm just, I could, I could hardly stand up under the anointing, but it's like, it's just not happening. And I heard the Holy Spirit behind me say, would you like some help with that? <laughs> and I realized I'd gotten into a, a formularized pattern of doing stuff without realizing that I didn't need to try to do it in my strength, but he was calling me to lean back into him and together we would see his glory revealed. So as I heard this, I took a step back. In fact, actually, actually how it really went was, as I'm praying this, I just got so frustrated, I said, what's going on, Holy Ghost? And then he said, would you like some help with that? So I was like, yes. I stepped back into him deliberately. I actually took a step back in, in faith, remembering, that's right. I can do all things positioned at rest. And then all of a sudden, the next person who tried to come close to me went flying. The power of God, they couldn't even come close. And God was touching them and healing them. And I went, I like your ways better, God. Your ways are wonderful. All your ways are just. You know, I, I believe the Father is longing for us to begin to recognize the power of leaning in and resting in Him. Last week, I was here um, at our Friday night worship and, and just enjoying the Lord. And I had a, a very amazing encounter with the Lord during worship. I, I began to see a vision. And in the vision, I was just sitting at the Lord's knee and I, was, I had my head bowed and I was just thanking Him for His mercy and I was thanking Him for His goodness. And he reached down and picked me up like a little child, just picked me up and put me on his lap. And he looked at me and he just smiled. He was so happy and he just looked at me like I was a little child on his lap. And I was so overcome that I just, I, I, I was still very emotional just by what he was, the, the love I was experiencing. So he just grabbed my head and he just put his head to my chest. And as he did, as I had my head on his chest, Suddenly, in the vision, his chest opened up like double doors. 
and I was taken into a room and it was like a changing room. And in this changing room, I was being given some winter clothes. And I, I put the winter clothes on and I knew it was to go and minister in places in the north where it was cold. And then suddenly I was back in the changing room and then I was being given these fancy dressed up clothes for a party, for a, for a, a ball. And then I was in the throne room and the glory of God around the throne and the people celebrating and dancing. And I looked around though and I realized there was still room for more people. And instantly as I had that thought, I was back in the changing room again. And in that room I was being given Middle Eastern clothes. And suddenly I figured out what was going on. I said, yes Lord, I'm willing if you open the doors. And as soon as I said that, I realized what I was saying. He'd already opened the double doors. Jesus is the door. And when you lean into him, when you lean into relationship with him, as you learn what it looks like to rest in faith in him, he is the one who opens his heart and in opening his heart and releasing his desires, his vision and showing you his plans, you don't need another door. You only need to say, thank you, Father, that you've already made the way. He makes a way where there seems no way. He who has purposed it will also do it, Psalm 57 too. A lot of people struggle with, you know, I really wanna go and I wanna, I wanna see this happen, I wanna see this breakthrough happen, I wanna see this happen. And they know it's God's desire too, but they're wrestling, struggling, oh, I've, I just, I'm just waiting for that door to open, I'm waiting for this to happen. And the Father isn't up, up in heaven wringing his hands going, oh, I hope they have enough patience. He's waiting for us instead to stop thinking like orphans that have been promised something from a distance and start thinking like sons and daughters who have already inherited what he said and to start to come into agreement what he, with what he has shown. Gideon said it before, all his promises are yes and amen. The yes has been given in heaven. Our job is to say the amen, so be it. And the way we do that is to begin to open our mouth and come into agreement with what he says. He promises, I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. Ask of me, it's an invitation. Ask of me and I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. Have you been asking? If you ask, then God doesn't want you just to sit there and go, come on God, open the doors to the nations. He wants you to begin to recognize, thank you Lord, that this is your promise. You've already said yes. So I'll say, so be it, the nations are opening to me. Say you have a promise for your healing, which you do. He heals all your diseases, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So 
and you're thinking, I'm just waiting for my healing to manifest. Come on, God, please let it open. Let it, let it manifest soon. He's not waiting for you to sit at a distance and beg like a beggar at the gate, but to start recognizing he's already opened his heart. He's already opened his doors. He is the door. He's already made the way. Now he said, yes, your job is to say amen. Your job is to say, so be it. And we do that by decreeing, thank you, Lord. By your stripes, I'm healed. I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm healthy, I'm well, I'm strong, I'm blessed. Hallelujah. As you begin to decree it, calling those things that be not as though they are because they've already been established in the heavens, in the will of God, you see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. It's been decreed, it's been declared, it's been promised, and you've been given the keys of the kingdom on the earth. So God is not waiting to do something, He's not holding back from doing something, He's waiting for you to use the keys that you've been given to open on earth the door of your heart and to begin to come into agreement with what God says. It's a two-edged sword in His mouth and in your mouth. God speaks, he decrees, we come into agreement, we say yes and amen. So when I get a prophetic word, and I, I'm so blessed by those words today, I, I take them so seriously. I record them I, I, when I, I can, I write them out. I, I put the recordings in my playlist so they pop up randomly to remind me. That's right. I rehearse them, we write them out as a church, words that we receive for the, for the church, we write them out, we go through them, we, we pick out common themes that are coming through, uh, words that have been uh, being given, and we begin to decree it, we begin to speak it out as though it's already happened. I remember receiving a word back in 2011, stadiums will open to you. So rather than, than whinging and saying, oh God, you promised that stadiums were, please, when are you gonna do it? I started to decree, stadiums are opening to me. Stadiums, I, I preach in stadiums. I preach in stadiums. You think, why do you wanna preach in stadiums? God said he's gonna do that, so I'm coming into agreement with what he said. So stadiums open to me. I, I was down at Awakening, and I, praise the Lord, I got to speak at the stadium, but as I was there, afterwards, someone came up to me and they, they just said, they began to speak and they said, I feel you need to come and preach in the stadiums in Europe. Will you come? I said, yes, just like that. And people say, how does that happen? Because God is waiting. He is offering all these promises and waiting to see who will say the amen. Who will begin to come into agreement with what God says? Who will begin to say amen and call those things that be not as though they are? God promised me, he spoke to me in a vision, just like that, that I would be on television all over the world preaching the gospel. People were getting saved as I was sleeping. This was the promise God personally promised me in my prayer time. Probably now, maybe 15, 20 years ago. And I've been declaring, I'm on television all over the world. I'm on television all over the world. I preach the gospel on television all over the world. I've been declaring it as though it was long before we ever even had a TV camera. Now today, praise the Lord, I preach the gospel 
all over the world. While I'm asleep, people are hearing the good news of the gospel. And as we begin to recognize that these divine invitations aren't just something special that just happens for her, but they are simply an opportunity that God is waiting and longing to give because He wants the world to know Him and see Him. And He's looking for those who in faith would believe and begin to behave like a child that sits on his lap and says, thank you, Daddy, I believe. God's calling us back into a childlike faith. The faith of a, a child like in Psalm 131. It says, Lord, my heart's not haughty, nor my eyes lofty, neither do I trouble myself with weighty matters or things too great for me. Surely like a weaned child, I've calmed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. And then he says, hope in God, Israel. Just this little Psalm, but it's so powerful. Instead of getting worked up, when God, when, how, God, how, why, when, how, please, come on, God, open the door, when's it gonna happen? I've calmed and quieted my soul. I'm gonna be positioned at rest in Him. I'm gonna lean my head on His chest like John did. I love John. In the book of John, he, he refers to himself continually, the disciple who Jesus loved. Ah. All-time favorite disciple. <laughs> the disciple, he, he knew, he, and he experienced this deep heart connection, intimacy with him. But if we would recognize that we need to fight to be in that place, that we would calm and quiet our soul like a weaned child, We'd rest, not wrestling, trying to get something. A weaned child is no longer looking for milk, no longer looking for something. They're just enjoying the affection. And as this weaned child is sitting on their lap, suddenly hope starts to rise and they begin to decree, hope in God, Israel. God wants to bring you from a place of fussing and worrying and trying to work out when, God, when, how, God, how, let it happen, let it happen, when, please, how, if only, why doesn't that happen? Maybe if this one noticed me, maybe if this one helped me, maybe if I could, maybe. And God says, I am the door. I am the door. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. All you who are burdened with a passion and a desire to see your dreams fulfilled, I am the door. And as you come to him, lean your head on his breast, he'll show you things to come, things beyond what you've dreamt, and he'll offer it to you and wait for you to pick it up like Elisha picked up Elijah's mantle when it fell and do something with it. To strike the water, open your mouth and say, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Begin to expect and decree those things that be not as though they are. The heart of the Father is that you begin to align yourself with what He says. The times are short. Our lives are like a breath. And much of our time is wasted, agonizing with, please God, how, please. And God is simply waiting for you to come into alignment with who He actually is and who you are, so you begin to operate like Him. Jesus only did what He saw the Father doing. He only said what He saw the Father saying. It's like the wheels that are described in the, in the scripture, the wheels moving in heaven and the wheels moving on earth, in sync, we move with Him, hallelujah, because we are in Him, hallelujah. He, we're with Him in heaven and He's with us on earth. 
We are supernatural beings seated right now concurrently in heaven. And we have power, have been given authority in the earth to release on earth as it is in heaven. And the Lord is waiting for his bride to throw off the, the um, misalignment that has come in through wrong thinking. I don't know very much about cars, but occasionally I think you're supposed to get wheel alignments. Is that right? Yeah, sometimes my car's blinking and Tom's like, you have to get a service. <laughs> All right, do it. Organize it. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm so grateful I'm married. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. If you're sitting there going, oh, I'm not married, go, thank you, Jesus. I'm married, hallelujah. To call those things that be not as though they are, if that's a desire of your heart, hallelujah. Seriously, he delights to give you the desires of your heart. God's calling you to come back into alignment. Sometimes we get out of alignment and things aren't working and there's, resonance, there's, there's dissonance instead of glorious resonance. God wants to speak and he wants it to go off in your heart like the other side of a tuning fork that begins to resonate at 440 in the exact same resonance, resonating with his and agreeing with what he says and making a sound. God makes a sound in heaven. He says, yes, we come into agreement on earth and we say, so be it. We, we call those things that be not as though they are. We creatively speak it because we know that we're not some orphan on the earth hoping to get a crumb from heaven, but we are created in the image of the one who created the world with his words. We say, he said, light be. We decree whatever he's saying, hallelujah. He's saying, you're, I want you to be on television preaching the gospel. I decree, I'm on television preaching the gospel. He says in his word, hallelujah, that um, ask of me and I'll give you the nations. So I go, okay, I ask you, thank you Lord for the nations. What nations will I ask for first, God? And I begin to ask him and then I decree it, thank you Lord. And I declare it, calling those things that be not as though they are. I, he, he speaks through the prophetic word. And instead of going, well, we'll wait and see if that happens, see if they're a false prophet. <laughs> if it's resonating in my heart, I'm recognizing it's a divine invitation waiting for my response. And I come into agreement with what he says and I begin to call those things that be not as though they are. It's easy to get out of rest. I remember once um, having a dream. Anyone who knows me knows that I don't like to be late. Early is on time and on time is late. I like to be on time. And um, in my dream, I was staying with people that um, I was ministering somewhere and they needed to get me to the airport. And I was really getting antsy because I felt like in the dream, we really have to hurry. I was trying to be polite, but like, come on, I don't wanna be late to the airport. And so in the dream, I'm having this. <sighs> and I got to the airport in my dream. And in my dream, as I arrived at the airport, the gates weren't even open. Like the ticket places, the book, it was just so early. And I went to look at my watch and my watch had disappeared. Then the next thing I knew, I was, being, um, I was getting on a bus. 
And I got up on the bus, and the bus was quite full, but there was a big armchair available toward the front. And so I sat down in this big armchair. Well, this is nice. And in the dream, I was going to Israel, the promised land. And so here I am, and then I get up to go to the bathroom, and I open the bathroom door, and there's this huge, big bathroom on the bus with a big, long bathtub. And, and I woke up, and I went, that was a weird dream, God. What was all of that about? You're the revealer of mysteries. The Lord began to speak to me. He said, Israel represents your promises, the promised land. You're fussing, come on, when, God, come on, let's hurry, let's go, let's get it done, let's happen, it's got, to, it's got to make it happen. And he says, I'm inviting you to sit in the armchair. I'm inviting you to enjoy the journey, to lie down in the bath, because as you begin to recognize that what I am doing isn't coming because of what you are doing, but because of your rest and your trust in my heart, then you'll be able to go for the long term. God's looking for us to begin to lean back into Him. I'm not talking about being lazy and doing nothing. I absolutely believe we need to be completely proactive in this season. That in a season of divine acceleration, it isn't a time for just lolling about in the sea, but to recognize the waves coming, to fix our focus on where we're going to go, to be aware of what's coming and to start swimming before it even hits. But in doing that, I'm saying that we need to do it out of a place of absolute trust in God, not out of an anxious fear that if I don't do this, something's not gonna happen. God wants us to come into a place of supernatural rest, supernatural peace, so that we recognize in Him, I live and move and have my being. Positioned at rest in Him, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint, hallelujah. They shall do great exploits. Who will do great exploits? Those who know their God. That word knowledge, know, talks about intimacy. Absolute, glorious intimacy. It's not, not for you to think, well, I need to be more intimate so I can have more power. That's what I used to think. No, as you begin to embrace intimacy as your highest and most powerful call, out of that place, the overflow, the glorious ideas begin to flow. The now unto him who is able begins to overflow from the revelation of absolutely immersing yourself in the height, the depth, the width, and the breadth of his love. God wants to do exceedingly, abundantly above, but it's going to happen for those who have given themselves to the ocean of his love who've given themselves to marinating, to living in that space of leaning on the breast of God. John leant on the breast of God and God gave him all this revelation. You know, when you lean on the breast of God, you'll begin to get all this revelation about what God wants to say and what God wants to do. And all of that revelation is invitation just waiting for you to speak and come into agreement and bang, 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 it happens. And then people say, how is this happening for you? And you'll smile and you'll say, it's because he loves me. 
My prayer for you is that you would learn what it looks like to be positioned at rest, to lean your head on his breast. When you know that the blood of the lamb has taken away all of your crookedness, that you don't have to come to him ashamed and afraid and begging for mercy, but as you come in faith, believing that you are better than I feel like I deserve. Thank you, God, that even if my heart condemns me, you're greater than my heart. Thank you, Lord, that your blood has washed me and cleansed me from the inside out and that you have adopted me, you've taken me, you've made me as righteous as yourself. I am seated with you in heavenly places. I remind myself of the truth that I'm forgiven so that I am now a partaker of the divine nature and I have everything pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of you through intimate union with you, reminding myself I'm not a beggar at the door, but I am one who is already in the midst of him. The Lord your God in the midst of you is mighty. And you in the midst of him will do the same works he did and greater works. This isn't theory, it's an invitation waiting for your response, amen. Father, we say thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you that your presence is here. You know, the Father wants so much for every one of us to have relationship with him, for every one of us to be in union with him. But it's an invitation waiting our response. You know, the Bible says that Jesus was slain for the sins of the whole world, that he's offered forgiveness paid for the sins of every person. But until we open our hearts and receive him, we remain at a distance. True love is free. And so he gives us the freedom to respond to him and receive eternal life, receive his blood that washes us and cleanses us and makes us white as snow, qualified to be joined to him, hallelujah. Not by works, lest anyone should boast, but by his grace and faith in that magnificent grace. If you're here today and you say, I need to get my life right with God, I wanna respond to the mercy of Christ. More than anything, the Father is longing for you to come into union with Him. He wants you to know what it looks like to have peace, perfect peace, peace that passes knowledge. He wants you to know what it looks like to be unafraid of judgment when you die. The Bible tells us that we can have confidence, boldness on the day of judgment because as He is, so are we in this world. And that has happened not by our works and our performance. It's happened when we humble ourselves and receive Jesus as the Savior who takes away our sin, who makes our crooked places straight, who gives us his life, that we receive him into our life and we come into his. If you're here tonight and you say, yes, that's me, I wanna give my life to Christ. I wanna get my life right with him. I wanna receive him as savior. I wanna pray for you before we pray for anyone else tonight. Is there anyone here that says, yes, that's me. I wanna give my life to Christ tonight. Just wave your hand at me, I wanna pray for you. Is there anyone here tonight that says, yes, that's me. Hallelujah. I never like to leave a meeting without making that opportunity. Thank you for joining us. 
If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.